We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I could stay awake just to hear you breathe Watch you smile while you are sleeping, while you're far away and dreaming. Very scary. I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. I could stay lost in this moment forever. <laughs> oh, right about now. No. The Fox All Brothers. I even now. get to the chorus. The Fox All Brothers. Intergalactic planetary. Stop that. Planetary intergalactic intergalactic planet. This kiss, this but kiss. What about Armageddon? So incredible. This kiss, this. It's you gotta been give what you give. One week no. since you looked at me. <laughs> oh, that. Hey, MJ, that was pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> yeah. I want to praise you like I do in my Dracula. My God, there's so many great songs, you yeah. guys. Did you were you just re- 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 rewinded back to <laughs> 1998? 1998 thrown out there, fucking banger of a year. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm looking at absolutely everything, this the songs, the music, unbelievable. Yes, guys, we're taking a little bit. Out of the old Wizard and the Bruiser page this week. (laughs) And we are going to be talking about, please hold and introduce the idea that you've brought to us. This is a slightly different take on what uh, Jake and I have been doing for Wizard and the Bruiser bonus on Patreon. Check us out on there. Patreon.com forward slash Wizard. That's right. I'm promoting a different podcast Patreon right now. I know. I understand how that's annoying. (laughs) Uh, And what we would do, like, we would do a thing called The Year That Was. Now, we were more doing, like, what video games, especially what video games and movies came out in a certain year. And we went through all the 2000s and 90s. I think this is going to be a lot more about the pop culture news events that happen. We'll also definitely speak towards some of the movies and things. Obviously, we're not going to spend probably any time on video games, right? Or anything like that. Oh my God, Neutral Milk Hotel put out Holland 1945 in 1998? In 1998? Oh my God. Listening to that, yes. We are old. It would take me many years to discover that. Yeah, we didn't discover that until way later. Actually, this is a great place to begin, right? Before we talk about the news and the events and the things that were released in 1998. Where were we all in 1998? I think for me, I was 
was I a sophomore in high school, I believe, at this point? It was 98, 99? I graduated in 2001, so maybe I was a freshman, actually, in high school. I think I was just starting to find my own. I cemented. I like. St- I, I think this was the mo- moment where I stopped worrying about the, culture, the, the uh, echelons of popularity in my school. I still had the crush on the popular girl. I wasn't completely over it. Are you over it now? Hot take. <laughs> no, nah, I'd never get over Liz. Wow, uh, I'm still in I'll there. I'll never be over Liz. Yeah, yeah, still in there. Um, no, she's wonderful, and actually we are friends now. But uh, <laughs> all that to say is I think I was still, though, I don't know if I'm even experimenting with weed and alcohol at this point. That was a sophomore year thing. I think 1998, I'm pretty sure I was a freshman. The more and more I think about it, but I'm about to go to that place. I'm about to just say, fuck all this noise. I just want to be in a band and smoke weed and like not care anymore about like what the popular girl thinks or what the jocks have to say about my, uh, you know, potential sexuality. I just really just <laughs> don't care anymore. Right. It would have, this would have been a transition year for you then because I'm doing that. You were the same grade as my brother. And so for me, this was. The, you know, the first half of the year was sixth grade and then going into seventh. So your first half of the year would have been your freshman year and then going into your sophomore year. Into so sophomore. A, a time of transitions. It was certainly a time of transitions for me. Oh, my God. Yes. And that was my yeah. first um, uh, first year of middle school because it was fifth grade into yeah. sixth grade. So this is a big time of transitions. Oh, my God. Uh, who would 16. ever want to be 11 again? I know for a fact. I don't think <laughs> I know. No, I it's going to be such a weird, ep- ep- these episodes are going to be so weird because at least Jake and I are like the same age, but we're going to have completely different perspectives on all of these pop culture yeah. events. Yeah, because you, you, right, because a four-year age difference matters a lot when you're talking about 11. Those oh, years? Yeah. Yes. In terms of how you I'm relate like sm- to pop culture. I'm like regularly smoking cigarettes at this point. I have <gasps> friends who have cars. Dude, like, I, yeah, yeah Jake and I different. are like just getting out of like little kid dumb into like teen we were tweens basically yes um yeah so i was a grade older than her and for me this is a great year to do because ninth sixth grade was the year that i decided that i wanted friends and so it was the year that i grew out my bangs got my dragon baby tees and my my jenkos which was the closest i could get to normalcy in terms of gender expression even though (laughs) um and i started watching vh1's top 10 countdown and so by that was 1997 when that when that started so I have a lot of strong associations with 1997 but as I'm yeah. looking at all of this stuff I'm realizing a lot of it was was also 1998 and so uh you know that there was there was just a it, it was a it was a time of when I thought I was really growing up but in fact I was 12 I think and this was also a time period of looking at everything especially as someone that has been plus size my entire life of thinking about the fashion of 1998 as Mm. well. And just remembering, I know that we've talked about this on page seven before of talking about baby tees and talking (laughs) about just the unfortunate things that happened in the nineties, which I'm going to go ahead and say a lot of them. You see how I dress now. I have now adopted, (laughs) but this was a, also the height of low rise jeans. Yes. It was a height of those strippy, strappy, little, like very tight dresses it was like those strappy high-heeled sandals and that kind of stuff straps straps everywhere strappy tank tops this was the year i think that they coined the phrase strappy tank tops or at least (laughs) that's when i remember it and that kind of little strippy strappy you gotta be stick thin 
to be able to pull it off. Yeah, no one was made for the fashion of 98. And because this, of course, just to set this in, in perspective, this is the year of Baby One More Time. Oh, yeah. It was. And yes. the, the real fashion changeover where we went, this is a great year to pick because I do think this is the year we ushered out of the grunge alt era and into the big old bubbly bubbleist. Oh, of my God. Gun remember yes. the tiny Eras. purses? So I forgot oh. about micro per, micro bags, the really, really small ones, and we all had them right under, and they would like sit right in your armpit, and nothing fit in them. Everything was tiny. It was tiny purses. It was tiny tanks. The tanks were only supposed to go if they made it to the top of your jeans. That was like, that was it. But tiny then your jeans, were, <laughs> your jeans were supposed to be real low. And it's so messed up because I was, yeah, this is, it was real, yeah, the beginning of adolescence for me. And I was skinny and small, but I totally did not have any body confidence. I realized in retrospect, a lot of that might've been about gender. But for me at the time, it was about being, I thought I was a girl and I thought you could not possibly ever be skinny enough, right? And so I remember getting like my first pair of like flared pants and my first pair of like, my first like strappy tank top, but still feeling like self-conscious about my body because it was a time when there, not that everything's good now, but there was (laughs) zero representation of anyone who was bigger than Britney Spears, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. And then just thinking of, oh, my God, and and the skinny, remember the chain belts? Oh, yeah. That would like be. <laughs> you guys are talking so much fashion. For me, fashion was what the school made us wear, which was khaki pants and collared shirts, and that's literally like all my entire wardrobe until I got to like college. But this is the thing. I begged for a uniform. <laughs> I wish I did wish that there. I like Ugh, was at awful. that age group that I wanted, and so that I wasn't brutalized at school every day for what I wore. And I was like, I'd rather wear. A fucking uniform, and then I never have to think about it. And then we can all collectively hate the uniforms. Oh man, I'm getting thrown back right now. Sorry, <laughs> yes, I didn't mean to go down the fashion thing. So here's a question for you guys. I'm gonna say two words right now, and you react to them however they worked in the context Ooh. of your world, because they were a huge part of my world, even though I definitely saw them as ridiculous then and still do now. Jinko jeans. Yeah, man. God, I wanted them so badly. They didn't I actually make didn't fat have girl ones. It, that oh. didn't, I never understood that. I never understood. It was like, yeah, why not? That is quintessential for a fat goth girl. Get me some fucking Jinkos. Yeah. Jinko jeans for any, I I I feel like we don't necessarily need to explain this, but just if you've never heard of this, look up a picture of Jinko jeans. You even if you have heard of it, you probably need to refresh your memory great. because every time I hear the phrase Jinko jeans, I have to immediately look up pictures of them because they were such a weird time in fashion. Uh but yes, the most massively mammoth it like made you look like a cartoon character. They were like hugely wide at the bottom. They were just bigger. They they, yeah, they swallowed just went you. Out. Into them, yeah. They were so huge and heavy. And like, I remember all the like kids that there was essentially one table that was like my table, but they were just a little bit more like into the kind of Jinko, hacky like, sack, hacky sack, bad people. kid kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of hacky sack people. They started a band as well and they <laughs> played, I believe they were called Slarge the Doan. And uh, that, of course, was. STD was the you know I don't know that was it was so uh, weird that I remember that it's weird like I don't 
Okay, so check this out. Apparently, they were at a Warped tour, and they managed to talk to the lead singer of Head P.E., if you remember that fucking ridiculous new metal band, and they asked them, we want to start a band, what should we call it? And the guy apparently told them, Slarge the Dome. We weren't that much better. We were called Lemon of Troy, named after our favorite episode of The Simpsons, just to give you another context of where we are. The Lemon Tree one, where they steal the Shelbyville steals the Lemon Tree. No, the other guys are cooler. They had STD in their name, and that is, everybody knows, pretty (laughs) cool so funny but yeah they all wore the jinkos and they were kind of like the worser like we were the bad kids they were like the worser kids (laughs) essentially they were just slightly more uh unfurled than we were but we were all definitely trying to break the rules as much as possible i was definitely like 16 i like to think back and say i mean i don't like to but i will uh be honest and say i was definitely like full-on addicted to cigarettes by this age uh in my life like i definitely obviously i wasn't smoking like at home or anything but Definitely going to the coffee shop to smoke cigarettes or going to my buddy Pat's place. I may be fucking with Adderall at this point as well for a brief stint, but uh, again, we're day. just in very different places, guys. Very different places. I say that I wore Jenkos, but really I never had branded Jenkos. I just wore very baggy jeans. And right. I, my and it was a t- I was not the only one, but the style, I think, as I remember, was very baggy jeans and very tight shirts. It was like you had to be tight on top and then you could either have like the low rise very flare pants or just baggy all over on bottom and also big like vans or airwalks air like Mm -hmm. big puffy skater shoes oh yeah big skater shoes i had the big skater shoes and i just remember honestly i haven't thought about this memory in a minute as i was sitting here looking at jinko jeans while you guys were speaking and my mom angel linda is she took jeans that did fit me. And I remember because I was beside myself because I couldn't fit into any of the Jinkos. And she cut them in half because my mom is a seamstress. She cut them in like a down the side and added, which a lot of the Jinkos did have fun, crazy fabric on the sides to uh-huh. make them really big and really wide. Tuxedo stripes, yeah. Yeah, yeah were, so she, she, she inserted them and made me essentially Jinko pants and I wore them to school and I, I think that as I'm saying this and understand why, I blocked this out and everybody knew that my mom took regular jeans and <laughs> turned them into Jinkos, oh. and they all brutalized me because yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just exactly like, I came why. home, my mom was just like, what's wrong? He's like, this would make me anything again! This would make me anything again! Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny how I go back and forth from feeling bad for Jackie and then feeling yeah, bad for Yeah, I feel Linda. bad for both and of them. Your mom was trying so hard. So, so hard just to make I you happy. Like, Red to the touch, just thinking about this because yeah, I was yeah, yeah. because uh, at the time these are the blunder years. I'd rather We're be have dead. These memories at the time I <laughs> yeah, wanted yeah. to be dead. I really <laughs> would have rather have been dead. Uh, That's so funny. Well, I'll, also I want to throw it out there for me, and this was kind of true just for several of these years in my life from middle school into now, but especially right now when we can't even, we're not even 18, like there's just not a ton to do. Blockbuster is fucking king. Oh yeah. Blockbuster is my savior. I am going there regularly. I think my idea of a perfect Saturday was to go to Blockbuster, rent three movies I'd never seen before that were gonna like blow my fucking mind, uh, spend the rest, and then hit the fresh market on the way home, get a bunch of fucking um, Sour Patch Kids, like a giant bag of Sour Patch Kids, and then go home and just like drink Coca-Cola and eat Sour Patch Kids oh, and that watch hurts those my teeth fucking just movies. I know. <laughs> I know. 
I know. And to the point where then they call you down for dinner and you're like, oh, but now my mouth's all scratched up. <laughs> you like try to eat, but like you're sick to your stomach and like your mouth hurts to just chew because you've been sucking on fucking uh, uh, shards. It's why all, I can't buy day. Skittles to this day. I cannot have Skittles <laughs> in the house. I will eat every single Skittle yeah, and I don't and care. Sick. And just so, and my mouth is all cut up. And I'm just like, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So cut up. <laughs> why did we enjoy that? We used to cut our stupid mouths up all the time. We were allowed so to bad. walk to the Okie Dokie, which was the corner store. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're literally is. talking about completely different eras right now. That sounds like you are from the Old West. Yeah. Go on the Okie Dokie. Small town. I think we got like two bucks a day and we were allowed to walk. John and I were allowed to walk once a day to the Okie Dokie and we could get, you know, spend one dollar. Summer, I'm guess is this like a summer? Yeah, thing? like, but it was like a yeah. I, I think this must have been a summer thing, but maybe I think we did it after school too. We were allowed to get like one drink, at one disgusting soda or something, and then one candy. And yeah, it was like Starburst, like a whole. Imagine every day eating like a whole thing of Starbursts and like a whole Dr Pepper. And I just used to do that all the time. All it's the time, incredible. All the time, and now my teeth hurt just thinking about it. And but you know what? For many reasons, I think I'm happy that it's not 1998 anymore. And for many reasons, I'm kind of sad that it's not. Yeah. Because, you know, there's then there's times like, I mean, did you guys know that Oprah got sued by the U.S. beef industry in 1998? <laughs> what? I don't remember that. Being, I thought you were going to lead with way bigger. Nope. I like want to talk the about Titanic Oprah. coming out. But yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Oprah. Sorry, sued. I just saw this and I was like, what the hell are you talking? about cattle farmers in texas sued the talk show host after she made some remarks about the united states beef industry during a 1996 episode of the oprah winfrey show apparently beef sales slowed down and she was responsible thanks to free speech she was never charged and she later told reporters she was still off hamburgers i'm, I'm gonna guess she's back on <laughs> i say this as the hot dog ambassador i'm allowed to see they say these things so <laughs> that is so funny. I don't remember that story. I think for me, culturally, not to, uh, do we have more to say about Oprah getting sued by the No, I people? just remember. Just that it was a very meaty time. You have to remember. <laughs> it was a meaty time. I went, I went vegan in Dubuque, Iowa in 2003, and, and everyone was like, you're the craziest person I've ever met in my life. Like, can't win friends with salad. <laughs> can't win friends with salad. In, in the late 90s, meat was the only choice. And so, Meat, it's what's Oprah. for dinner. Remember? Even the whole, <laughs> all that bullshit? What I will say, I think I, uh, there's a couple things here that are massively, this is a really good sea change year. Cultural sea change year, especially for the youth. I think, uh, I would say, number one, there, it, it, actually, I would actually believe, I believe also came out this year, which is the introduction of uh, of auto-tune. We can talk about that in a second. But I think the number one game changer, a little show on a little-known network called MTV premiered TRL. Total Damn. Request That late? Live. I didn't realize it was that late. It premiered Actually, it's early. But it's early because, look, also, Baby One More Time, this is the first year. I mean, honestly, Britney Spears' Baby One More Time, that really was the first big statement of where pop music was going. I think that started it, and so it makes a lot yeah. of sense that TRL would also start in 1998. Interesting. Yes, it was premiered. Uh, Carson Daly came in. I, I don't... I, actually, we should do a pop history on TRL because it, it, it really was... 
MTV changing changed the youth culture because MTV was so tied to the youth culture. And before it was this cool, gritty, alternative, Beavis and Butthead, you know, late night music videos. They only played music videos. And then all of a sudden, Britney Spears comes out with Baby One More Time. Uh, Cher comes out with the first case for auto-tune and TRL pops out and essentially is like, hey, we are no longer catering to the like 20-year-old dude bro that you saw in the movie Singles, you know? <laughs> the dude with the Pearl Jam poster on, on their wall. We're not catering that guy anymore. We're catering to the tweener like mm, girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. completely change the landscape of music, of, and it was the perfect slash worst timing depending on where you were with music back then. I think I've come around to this stuff, but to me, this was like Armageddon. Selling uh, out. Unintended. Yeah. A lot of, lot of talk about selling out during this time. Yes, and a lot of what the boy bands are just, just going to be around the corner. And uh, what was that like for y'all? Because for me, it was kind of like the end. And I wonder if for you guys, it was kind of like the beginning in certain ways. Very much the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, because I had been such a, I had been such a loner that I had no relationship to pop culture. And so I just thought it kind of began in 1997, <laughs> 1998, because that's when I tuned into it. But it's fascinating to actually realize that this, you know, there, that there, that, that Britney Titanic, uh, you know, TRL, like, yeah, those were iconic things for me because of the age I was, but also they were like cultural shifts, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, on my BuzzFeed list, well, we'll get to Abercrombie and Fitch in a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about fashion, but uh, that was also on my list. I'm immediately having like a nightmare fly. I hate Abercrombie I used to go there to scream about the prices. I used to, because I was like a mall, every, we were all mall rats for a certain oh, point yeah. in time, oh, yeah. right? So I used to just go there and make fun of how much the clothes cost. Going back to this though, MJ, were you like listening to me? This is such a funny question, but it's real, I feel like, because not all of us, depends on the kind of kid you were. Were you listening to music at this time? At this time, yes. Before I okay. was only listening to like George Gershwin and other, uh, you know, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, but in yeah. 1997, maybe the reason I watched. What are you into? Do you like it sick or Backstreet Boys? I, um, um, I approve of a little, Gershwin. Yeah, a little thing uh, I like to call Gershwin. Uh, and like, uh, like in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was struggling, but, but yeah, this was, this was when I, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this was right when Backstreet Boys, In Sync, um, Matchbox Twenty, you know, uh, the Titanic soundtrack. Like I-, I was only listening to, like, literally what was in what was on TRL, what was in the VH1 Top Ten Countdown, like what was popular. And yeah. I had been such a hater of pop culture before because I thought everything that I, I hated everyone else really because I, I was so not confident. And so I thought anything that everyone else liked must be stupid. Oh, yeah. And so I hated pop culture before like this year. And then this, you know, 1997, 1998, I got into it. And I'm trying to remember like what I, I mean, I thought that like Titanic was like the best movie ever made. I thought that that soundtrack was like the most moving <laughs> music I had ever heard, you know? Again, I am like, Titanic is like my nightmare. It's just like every, <laughs> no one can stop talking about it. I saw it in the theater. I did kind of enjoy it, even though, despite myself. And then it was just every, everything anyone can talk about. And by the way, I'm definitely like, probably like a girl hating, uh, depressive ninth, ninth grader a little at bit at this point this yeah is, this is the perspective a little bit it's Sad like boy. no one will kiss me <laughs> no one will be near me no one will cut so the things that you guys like I hate not you guys specifically but like the ladies that were so oh you yeah. like Titanic 
fuck Titanic. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Fuck Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. Definitely that is, a, a, in hindsight, my I'm true blue nice guy at this point in my life, right? Self-proclaimed nice guy uh, in in uh, my life right now and <laughs> not real, not going to realize that, you know, oh, the jerks, assholes always get the pop, like the beautiful, popular girls. It's like, no, the guys with confidence got them. You, you know, that literally just show any sign of confidence and uh, uh, trust in yourself. That said, Jackie, same question to you. What were you listening to music at this point? And like, what was the landscape for you with music at least? We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's crazy because I just pulled up this list of Billboard's best songs of 1998. Hell yeah. And looking through it, you talk about transitional time period because you're right. There was a Titanic soundtrack and I loved the Titanic soundtrack. But this was also the beginning of my transition time of understanding that the music that you listen to gives people bullets for which... (laughs) To hurt you. And I am like having all this realization as I'm like, 1998 was a rough year. Get jiggy with it. Nah, 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 nah. Because you got to get jiggy with it. And then like, I remember forcing myself to listen to Backstreet Boys, forcing myself to listen to Britney Spears. Like this was the (laughs) year because like, I was listening to Barry Manilow. I was listening to Celine Dion. (laughs) I was listening to like, I really liked the Shania Twain album when it came out. I was into music that, I'm going to say it, children my age were not. And I thought that it was like, but then I'm like, my mom gave me like the belief of like, but you're unique and you're different and that's okay. You should own. And then you go to middle school and then you flip out of like, you said that it was good that I was different. You said that I was unique. And what you meant to say (laughs) is that I can't, I'm lame. I, I'm lame, and I have to pretend to like other things so that I can make friends. Yes, yeah, right. this was a big piece of it for me too. Like I sincerely, truly loved the Titanic soundtrack, but I but I, I, I feel like I'm a combination of both of you because I also, I remember being like, Britney Spears is dumb and only dumb girls like that. Like yeah, I had right, right. the hater still in me. Or just like pop is so, like it's just bullshit. It's yeah. like nothing. Right, like I know? only, pe- real, I was, yeah, I still like had, identified with like subculture and counterculture but I also wanted to be I wanted to fit in and I wanted people to like me and so I was like I have to learn this language of 
in sync. I have to be like, I have to be conversational in this stuff. Yeah. You know? This is also the really funny time though, where like I'm watching, you know, I'm obsessed with like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. I'm obsessed with like cinema, like 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick, all this kind of stuff. I want to watch all that shit. I want to watch Apocalypse Now. I want to watch, you know, the Godfather trilogy, just all the, whatever great kind of thing. And also like the drug movies that were coming out too, like Go and stuff. I don't know if that's like, that's around the corner. Yeah, but this is also probably, when like, this train is the year came out yeah talk about like uh, theater basketball yeah. watching these movies that oh, i was I like basketball. oh and then realizing i think this is also the real like the beginning of the realization of like i gotta get into drugs that's how i make friends <laughs> and unfortunately that yes. is how uh, i started hey, making that's friends. Ex- that's exactly I that's what fun. i did as well yeah. i mean we just i mean we were already friends but we just started being like let's just check out Fear totally and if britney spears out. <gasps> Yes. yes, and that was a game oh, yeah. changer for. Well, I've all, I'll tell that story again as well. But uh, all, all this, all, all I was just going with this with music was definitely like um, I was like an at, kind of coming out of the grunge phase, still really into Primus, Nirvana, Green. I'm like Green Day was like my number one, so I'm probably kind of losing a little bit of energy for them a yeah. little bit. But in terms of popular music, I'll, I'll run down a couple things that I was truly in love with at this time and still think kind of holds up. Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I had that on repeat. I loved that album. I got it like the day it came out. I, I loved that Holds album so much. Holds the fuck so up much. too. It's a great, it is a great album. Definitely. Intergalactic defined that year in a lot of ways for me with Beastie Boys. I loved the music video. Kind of introduced me to like Japanese like kaiju even in a lot of ways. And Hello Nasty really blew the doors off of the Beastie Boys for me. And I came to like super love them. Uh, there was one more. I definitely was not into Pretty Fly for a week. Oh, uh, Fat Boy Slim. I definitely felt really cool listening to Fat Boy Slim. I, you know, and like Chemical Brothers uh-huh. or whatever, and all that kind of stuff, and getting into like the elect dabbling in the electronica thing. These were all things that were like on rotation. And a lot of this, by the way, right now, and this is going to be different for y'all. A lot of these memories I'm connecting to, I wasn't necessarily driving this time, but I had friends who were driving. Uh-huh. So a lot of these song memories are in cars with friends, screaming Miseducation of Lauren Hill at the top of our lungs. Like, uh, also, uh, Rob Zombie struck out with a. a not struck out, whatever, struck in with uh, Dragula, hit a homer with Dragula, uh, super into that as well coming up, but I was already like a big white zombie fan. So there were actually like some interesting pop, like bigger popular things happening in this landscape that I felt really alienated from. And I mean, I didn't hear you say... Goo Goo Dolls Dizzy Up the Girl yet, but <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls Dizzy Up the Girl fucking yeah, dropped in 1998. <laughs> Savage Garden, Matchbox. Truly, Madly, all, Deeply, none, I was not into. Oh. I was not into any of that. I was so against that. It was, I was school so dance anti. music. Like to me, yes. all of this is school dance music. And like yes. Truly, Madly, Deeply was like the slow was like slow dance school dance music. And looking at this at the list, I have to give a shout out. I know I've talked about it a million times on the show before, but the song "Too Close" was was my truly number one sexual awakening. The music video for "Too Close" is that though you embedded real close. Too close, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make it hard for me. And that was the number one, by the way. That was the number one uh, Billboard uh, single of 1998, according to this list. It was so horny. It was so <laughs> it's sexy. So horny. I have to look this up. I don't even remember this one. It, you'll, when you hear it, oh, it'll come back to yeah. you. Oh, it comes back. Oh, baby, uh, it all comes back. And oh, I was obsessed. This is, man, Goo Goo Dolls, I was absolutely obsessed with. And that was one of the ones for me that I didn't listen to for other people. That was, I... Um, 
truly was in love with Johnny Reznick. And I think, I I gotta say, he must have been pretty old, right? In 1998? <laughs> <laughs> I think yes. so. Now thinking back, I'm like, he's, st- he, I mean, I know that he looks old now, but. Oh my God, I forgot about the song, Are You Jimmy Ray? Do you guys remember that song? Are You Jimmy Ray? Are you, Are you Oh Ray? my God. <laughs> Who Are they know? just go through all know? the names? <laughs> <laughs> I had not thought about that since the year 1998, but as soon as I saw it, it came back into my brain. Thank you, brain, for storing that. Wow. So I, you mentioned Fear and Loathing. I do. I feel like I've told this story before, but let me just very quickly recap it. Because you're right. This is the year I definitely was first experimenting with weed, for sure. Like, 100%. Because Half-Baked came out, saw it in the theater, and, like, got it. Like, I was a part of the club. I rem- kind of distinctly remember that. And I think we had to, like, sneak into it, too, or whatever. But still, I was like, I know these jokes because I'm a weed man, too, now. The other thing was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I saw the trailer for it. And as I mentioned before, I was really on the lookout for, like, interesting different movies that, like, I'd never seen any anything like them before. So that trailer really stuck out. I had no idea what it was about. I had no idea who Hunter Thompson was. I would come to fall in love with the work of Hunter Thompson because of this instance. So uh, I, we went to Borders, Books and Music. I don't know if you guys remember Borders. Oh, I do I remember Borders. Borders. I had great coffee I all the time. <laughs> yes. And they did those simple syrupy flavored drinks that I loved as well. Oh, yeah. Those were big at the time. Those things were Oh. Yeah, right? And Italian so soda. I went with my mom, took me, I, again, couldn't drive it this time. My mom takes me to Borders so I can try to find this book. And the funny thing with Hunter Thompson is, like, it's kind of weird to place him. Like, do you put him in fiction? Do you put him in nonfiction? Like, it's, you know what I mean? I, I've had this issue before even just finding where he is in the book section or, or in the bookstore. And so um, eventually my mom was like, let's just ask because I couldn't find it. And so we asked this Borders employee, this, like, kid. He leads us over to this one bookshelf that, like, they made special for to promote the movie and it had like different books by Hunter Thompson especially Fear and Loathing with that Johnny Depp like warped uh-huh. with the cigarette yeah. oh, out of yeah. his mouth and the cigarette holder and I picked up the book and I turned it around and the description on the back of the book was literally just the contents of the suitcase just we had the, you know what I mean the salt shaker of cocaine and the ether and the acid yeah. and the, you know, I just read I just like read that looked up my mom and this guy were just standing behind me I just looked up I was like I'll take it and literally read that book <laughs> I read that book in literally like the fastest I've ever read a book. It was like, I read it in like a day or two. I was obsessed and it really completely blew the doors off for me. A, drug culture. B, like completely just not living how Charlotte wants me to live and how, you know what I mean? And how private school and my parents and everybody wants me to live. And it actually had a lot to do, I think, with me striking out on my own and really living a more unique and interesting life. But uh, also, again, just totally opening the doors in my life at this time on just drug culture period and like mind expansion all of that is kind of happening starting this year which is pretty exciting man these years are such formative years of where we were and how different the experiences yes. were of one year it's so until you actually like sit and think about it where it's like that's crazy uh, of uh, like me crying about my jinkos the same year <laughs> that like even though we work we've worked together for so long um of how different yeah. like i was watching i was sitting there watching the natalie and Bruglia torn music video over and over again not understanding quite yet <laughs> why I needed to watch it over and over and <laughs> over again. And it was because I was, oh man, slipping and sliding off my seat. <laughs> and I didn't understand, like it was like that same year, of, especially like in a 1998 
of being nervous about how I felt and thinking that that was something I needed to hide and be ashamed of because, right. oh man, still 1998 was not a good year to be like, I I think now I know that I also like women as well, especially, my God, Natalie Imbruglia and that fucking music video. I'm glad you brought up sexuality in 1998 because I have two big stories for this year that I think defined America's viewpoint on sexuality uh, to accompany Baby One More Time, right? Because we've talked ad nauseum about it on the Britney Spears episode, but Baby One More Time came out, sexualized the fuck out of a high school girl for adults, and adults are openly talking about how, like, horny they are for this fucking high school girl music video, right? I mean, we're all, everyone's just like, it's a new thing. High school, sexy school girl, right? And then, on top of that, two stories I want to talk about each of these together and individually. Hell yeah. Viagra. Completely changes the landscape of late-night comedy jokes. Viagra comes out Oh, my God. Is that the Bob Dole year as well? All I will ever remember is Bob Dole. Story number two, Monica Lewinsky. Also 1998. Also 98. So you have, it's a weird, like, horny old man year. Baby One More Time, Viagra, Monica Lewinsky, and Bill Clinton. And, sorry not to add to this, Sex in the City. Yeah, and you're like, this is like totally off my radar at the time. Of course, this is a big year when it comes to sexuality. I mean, at least breaching it, becoming a topic of conversation as opposed to just something that late night people would make jokes about. This is something that it became part of the actual like society's atmosphere of like, well, I guess we are going to start talking about sexuality and not pretending like it's bad <laughs> and it was Old also boners too yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. there's also the shutting down of it because yeah. you know we had this oh, absurd yeah. farce that was the impeachment uh, uh trials for bill clinton everyone Absolutely knew everyone was puritanical like, what the fuck is this Bullshit. Yeah. puritanical times but also it was a year after ellen came out um the mm. ellen episode where she kissed a woman in the Ma- time magazine cover where she said, yep, I'm gay, was also 1997. But cool. to your point, Jackie, about liking Natalie Abrulia, it's like, this was, I mean, I, I mean, I remember the Ellen thing very, 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 very clearly. And it was just like, that was, she, you know, obviously, fuck Ellen right now. But like that, it, <laughs> ama- imagine living in a time when there was just one gay woman. <laughs> like, it, you yeah, know, yeah. like imagine yeah. that there was just what, like a year ago, one famous woman had said, what? I'm gay. And the whole country was like, boo. And then, yeah, a, a year later, everyone's talking about the president getting a beach, you know. To add to that, though, I actually wrote, was a fan of the show Ellen, and I had to stop watching after she came out, and not because I was homophobic, but because the writers had to find a way to make every episode about being good, 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 gay. Like, there's a gay hat shop. We have to, you know, it was like, it was like, well, if you're going to go to the gym, you have to go to the gay gym. Like every fucking episode was like, how do we like turn this into about Ellen being a lesbian as opposed to Ellen just being able to exist as a lesbian and continue doing the show as it already was. Right. And I literally, yeah, I think we had not yet. (laughs) We had not yet gotten the idea of normalizing. I remember having to stop watching. Yeah, it was so un- it was so the opposite of normalizing. It was so fetishizing right, right. of it. It was just like, well, if you got to go to the grocery store, you have to. Every episode was like, you have to go to the gay <laughs> grocery store, and then they go to the gay grocery store. It was just like, what is that? This is so bad. Like, what is going on? The whole it was so weird how like her coming out kind of made the show jump the shark in that hilarious way. Whereas now, like, all we want to see are. You know, like, I mean, but it took that to get to Shit's Creek. Right. Where gay people could just be in a show and, like, 
it's not a, just constantly revolving around the craziness that is them being gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that is a beautiful journey we've gone on. What are you uh, looking at and discuss that Furbies were the big toy of 1998? No, I was looking into George Michael's arrest <laughs> over the lewd oh. act. There's so many weird sex things. There's going so on many. In that's why I was like, this is, yeah. I mean, and it's just like, there was so, what, like a, like a damnation of the idea of sexuality just as a whole, regardless yes. of how you identified. And this was like, of course, this has always been an issue, but this is like the start. And also, you got to think, this is around the time of like, the internet starting to become in people's homes that like uh, affordable sure, for right. the, the everyday person to start to afford. Be, so, and then you can get horny on it immediately. <laughs> completely. But also then like I, I'm, I'm going down like all of these like worm times mm -hmm. in my own brain as I'm thinking about right. this of like of thinking of all of the rom-coms that came out this year. There's like yes. Hope Floats. Uh -huh. There's all these different like Can't Hardly Wait. There's these big rom-coms. And thinking of a time period when, like, we all, like, I don't know about you, but it's like, I felt like I had to go see Hope Floats when it was in the, uh, because I was, uh, because I am a, a woman and I had to see it. You know, I was, uh, like, in that time period, you had to go see it because that was the rom-com that was out. And now, there's just so much content for us to take in that there's not the same, at least it does, at least I don't know, I'm not young, but I, it seems that it's not the same, like, putting on of of person of like oh you haven't seen this you may as well be dead you know yeah because there's right. so much there was fewer there was like more of a like monoculture because and i think that that also yes. that gave power to subcultures because it was like it's because there wasn't the internet really until around this time it was like oh you 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 I, you like pop music this is what you listen to you like you know and then so then if you listened to you know green day you felt very different and like very like it, so i and again this was also yeah. youth i don't know what it would have been like to be somebody in your 20s at this time right, because you right. would have had you would have be more developed but very it felt different. like there was just powerful monoculture of like these are the rom-coms people watch these are the movies and if you like anything outside of that then you're so weird and when you're young especially in the age we were you're always seeking meaning and identity and so you're like oh I get my identity from the fact that I don't want to see hope floats in the theater you know? right but then there's the movies <laughs> yeah, like you were either for or against, or against yeah, it everything. yeah then there's a movie like Slums of Beverly Hills which also came out in 1998 and for me that was another one of those movies that I liked to watch when I was alone and I thought that it was shameful for me to like Slums of Beverly Hills because it is which I haven't seen that in a minute but I talk about another I mean Natasha Leone has been in my spank bank from the beginning of time. And uh, that was another one of those movies in Slums of Beverly Hills that people are like, that's a weird, that's like a weird movie. And you watch it again and you're like, it's not, it's just a comedy. It's just like a dark comedy. Uh -huh. I said uh, blockbuster, but also at this time, especially in the age that I'm at where I can, I'm like allowed to like leave the house kind of whenever, uh, you know, within the bounds of like curfew and stuff. I mean, I am going to the movie theater constantly. And, Definitely big standouts for me. This was the year that I saw. Uh, I think there was a bit of a, even this was a bit of a sea change maker. Uh, Rushmore I saw in the, in the oh, movie theater. Yeah. having no Definitely. idea what it was. I had no idea what it was. I saw it with my buddy Ben and his dad, not Kissel, different Ben. And we all walked out of the theater was like, wow, I literally just had my like come absolute mind blown by this absolutely different type of thing I've never seen before. Yeah. And that was really what I was looking for in general at this time in my life was like, I want, I just need anything that's different.
different. I'm just so sick of the status quo, especially I'm seeing it so much in music now. Like every girl dresses the same at my high school. Every boy dresses the same at my high school. Like I'm so tired of that. I just want to get out of Charlotte. I want to like have new things. Um, another funny thing that happened this year, just in terms of like that summer blockbuster that like it didn't I talk about a monoculture that like you just were unable to escape from. And that would be uh, the fucking absolute flop that was the 1998 Godzilla Man. that we uh, that America made just in the face of Japan. By the way, I don't know if y'all know this. We did a, a multi-parter on Godzilla. I mean, Godzilla is like a simple, essentially a metaphor for the the nuclear attacks that we orchestrated on Japan in World War II. He's essentially a nuclear radiation monster that was created by us. And then for us to take <laughs> what they created to cope with what we did to them and then make 1998's Godzilla, which is such a slap in the fucking face, like nothing about the design says of the monster says Godzilla. The movie is terrible. No, of course not. But that soundtrack, bro, when was the yes. last they'd had the Brain Stew Godzilla soundtrack. remix of the Green Day song? I loved that soundtrack. Yeah, it had a, a rage. Soundtrack. It had like the Rage Against the Machine song on it. There was a Ben Folds 5 song on it for some reason. I was obsessed with that soundtrack. But I was like very anti-Armageddon, but I definitely, I'll tell you one thing that was like a big movie of the summer that everybody fucking loved that is so problematic too in hindsight. There's something about Mary. I was going to say, I can't believe we're not talking about there's something about Mary yet. <laughs> yeah, it is such, a, that was such a big deal. That was like just huge for us. I'm kind of sad. I think maybe it's next year or the year after where we start getting the horny teen sex comedy every single summer with American Pie and yeah. everything that that spawned and like the scary movie movies and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I think we're not quite there yet. But what we did have this year in terms of ha having like weird horniness in it, uh, a big dumb comedy that like everybody, again, had to like. Yes. Essentially. Because I remember like not loving it as much as maybe Tommy Boy or Dumb and Dumber, but still having to be like, this is the best thing ever. And quoting it and stuff, you know what I mean? Just as a weird posturing, right? Because you would feel weird. And I don't even know if I completely, I guess I understood the cum hair thing, but we're still talking. I mean, this is a little new, right? So you guys probably didn't even see it in the theater. I wasn't I allowed didn't. to see no. it, I don't think. I remember so because funny. Henry went to go see it in the theater and I remember like being like, I want to go. And he's like, you wouldn't even get it. And the thing is, I probably wouldn't have, but I definitely would have pretended that I understood what was happening for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's Same. not like Henry... New. Oh, oh, also talking about uh, uh, just to throw in the dumb sex uh, category. Uh, this is the year Monica and Chandler uh, banged it out in the season finale of Friends. <gasps> so there you go. Now that <laughs> I did watch while it was on and it was my everything because I and I know that I've talked some shit on page seven about Friends. But at the time <laughs> period, that show gave me hope that you could go from being friends into being fuck buddies. And it was all from a young age. As I always had friends that I fell in love with, I was like, there is hope. Uh, maybe yeah. someday. And then you realize, like, you can have friends with benefits fairly easily if you could just talk about it. But that you won't learn for many, many, many years. Jackie, how did you feel about the extreme fat phobia? How did you feel at the time about the extreme fat phobia of friends and Monica's character arc? I remember being really upset because she looked a lot like me in the flashbacks <laughs> as a long-haired, uh, brunette, fat woman. Uh -huh. And um, But I also, weirdly enough, that I was like, she lost the weight and she looks really pretty. So I that actually was 
good for me to see because I was like, mm-hmm. I can be pretty someday too. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask y'all, I mean, I'm looking at this this BuzzFeed list and to me, the feminine ide- ideal for girls at this point is Britney Spears and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And in a world <laughs> in which that is the case for a young Jackie Sorry. and a young MJ, like what even Sorry. is that? Eating <laughs> disorders. <laughs> eating disorders. Oh, baby eating yes. disorders. Because that was the thing. Can't Hardly Wait came out this year. And yeah. I and also then Barry Manilow was in Can't Hardly Wait, like the the idea of Barry Manilow. And I was like, oh, I felt hilarious. so seen. And I was like, oh my God, again, it's like someday someone will like me for liking the music that I like, but not today. But yeah, you watch those movies and you're just like, you can't compete with that. I wanna I yeah. wanna rewatch uh Can't Hardly Wait because I so this so is where I'm good. at, by the Completely way. Completely holds up with movies. Really? Like this Completely. I think this right, and that's what I've heard. And this is There's this of course will give parts bit, that are dated that sure. you know are, are oh, would be better but without. The, but if you know what, if there is if it is a movie, a comedy that came out in nineteen ninety eight and it doesn't have one or two problematic things in it, I'm like, what even is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was, unless it was, it was Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to be quite honest, yeah. Like what even ha- what is this movie, right? This is am I I'm watching a bug's life. I bet even a bug's life has something in it. There's that, gotta it could be, be something in it. <laughs> but uh oh fuck, what was I gonna say? Um yeah, this is a good insight into my like headspace at this time. I hated can't hardly wait because the nerd guy got the girl at the end and I was like that's unrealistic and I only liked movies with unhappy endings especially romantic comedies I was like and they were hard to find it was hard to come by oh yeah I hated movies with happy endings because I was like that's not real life the guy doesn't get the girl that's exactly where I was at at, in in this in this the year of our lord 1998 pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, it was tough because there was a lot of... What year was Never Been Kissed? Was that 1998 also? Let I me think look maybe up. 99. 99. There was, there, there was a, a yep. lot of rom-coms had like redemption arcs. Uh, like you can, you can be an ugly girl uh, and then still like you could get pretty enough and then a guy will like you. Um, obviously the one, she's, she's all, all that. that. Yeah. Um, and Saw it in the theater. Yeah. So like that there, so I identified with it's so it's all it is very weird to think about because I identified with the idea that you could be like an ugly girl and then a guy would like you, but also and I knew I was supposed to like look I I knew I was supposed to want to look as skinny as Jennifer Love Hewitt like that's the biggest kind of memory, but oh, yeah. for me also I was like. I didn't really identify with any of the female protagonists of these films. I didn't when I watched Friends. I didn't identify with any of the women. I wanted to be Chandler, and so there's like all these things like looking back where I'm like, huh, I wonder what was going on in my mind, not knowing because I didn't know uh-huh. that you could be like a you know a person who was a girl who identified with guys all the time. I just right. thought yeah. that was just like a weird pathology of mine, and so I was like, okay, well, I I guess I have to like like. I guess I identify with Drew Barrymore and never been kissed because she's like 
pretending to be yeah yeah like an outsider you know so there was these stories of like you can be an outsider and then get redeemed but again it was only in the like monica you know was fat and now she's skinny but now she's skinny so she can get it yeah it was just no a lot of that a lot of fat phobia insane so much fat phobia and just like that you had to be like a the every every girl in any of those movies who got the guy like did so because she adhered to like the single type of way that you were supposed to look, and I don't remember enough about her, can't hardly wait to know to remember what happened to the guy. But the the, the there was also right the like Ethan there was embryo from what uh, can't hardly wait or what from what can't hardly wait. What oh, okay. what was it that the guy? Because I, I feel like the other the character arc for guys for like guy protagonists. He was, was the like, good one. Well, just he was the nice one. Gets, nerdy guy. If you're a sweet guy and you're a pushover in these movies, you somehow magically got the girl. And honestly, I still kind of stand by the fact that like that guy doesn't get the girl in 1998 in any American high school. If, if it's the popular girl or whatever, because that because he's a pushover and like kind also of he's a, really hot. So it's like at the end of the day, like that's really, what always yeah, upset yeah. me. It's like okay, yeah, he's nerdy, but he's also really hot. In the same like in can't hardly wait, which I I mean maybe we should just do a whole pop history because I that movie, <laughs> I, it was like my mecca because it's Lauren great. Ambrose Seth Green's big kind of debut in a lot of ways. Like yeah. it's kind of it's got a lot going on. There's so many people in it. Actually. Lauren Ambrose is so hot, and Lauren Ambrose mm-hmm. and Seth Green have the whole thing of like they used to be friends. Seth Green got weird in high school and she's like, dude, we used to be like best friends and they get trapped in a bathroom. And then it's Uh about them, uh, like another one of those things of like, but we're still the same, even though like, yeah, I dress like very weird now. And then they hook up anyway. And again, it was like this thought put inside of you of like, if you could just... I mean, I I think you can tell I've always been this horny. And then in this time (laughs) period, I'm like, but then how do I get someone to kiss me? How yes. Do they kiss? Right. Yes. I same. Were you were y'all fucking with uh, Dawson's Creek at all? This premiered this uh, year. Never did. Somehow, no. I don't know how. No, no. never did. Um, I yeah, I, not not into that whole scene because that was very much. And I guess this connects to there was like that Dawson's Creek, like all those boy bands, and definitely Abercrombie and Fitch was just this virus <laughs> in my culture. Like, everybody had to wear Abercrombie. Like, because, again, I went to a private school. Like, I get people give me, like, shit for that or whatever. Or I give myself shit for that. It's very privileged to be able to go to private school. But, bro, it fucking sucked in a lot of ways. And definitely in the way where, like, I mean, I graduated with 90 people. I mean, there was essentially, like, one identity. And you were either going with that Abercrombie Dawson's Creek fucking lame-ass flow. Yeah. Or Or you were not. not. And you were not a part of it. And it was, like... But it wasn't necessarily fun to not be a part of it either. Yes. I hated Abercrombie and Fitch. I will always hate Abercrombie and Fitch. I like laughed my ass off when they showed that picture of the actual dude who like owns it, uh, sitting on the bleachers because he just looks disgusting yes. and terrible. And like, I just made me laugh so hard. I never felt like the clothes were worth it. Or uh, yeah, it was just so. But there was such a part of the culture. I mean, when do we get? The most eye rolly maybe pop song I think ever written. I like us with a coffee. You want to talk about hate that song. <laughs> and that song represented and watching the popular girls like lip sync to that song at the school dance was like the antithesis. It was just everything I reviled during that time period of my life. And it's laughable now. It's very funny to think back on and be like, fuck this. Get me out. And I'm glad that it happened, though, because then I left Charlotte 
And like, I might not have if that culture wasn't so obnoxiously in the, in this specific vein. You know what yeah. I mean? All of us, for yeah. one reason or another, at this time, knew that we could not fit in to yeah. the monoculture, right? Like, yeah. uh, like we all already knew that. <laughs> and and at the time, there really were so few ways to be a boy or ways to be a girl. Like, they're really, and so I think, and again, going back to the like, why I think that like fear and loathing was such a great discovery yes. for like a kid like you. Yes. Like, but there was just so, it just felt like there were so few options. And I wonder if it feels differently now, you know? Yeah. It just felt like there was such, it's the monoculture. It's totally the monoculture yeah. thing. I mean, they have every option under the sun. Now you can be a fucking brony. You can be, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can just go into so many wild D- and there are ways to fit in and ma- and find yeah. a community. And, you know, there, if there was one thing that came out of 1998 that was the umbrella that really brought us all together, it was... Because the hamster dance came out in 1998. Yeah, I remember the hamster dance. And I love hamster dance. And it is one of those things that, yes, I was so filled with so much hate in this year. But man, I would just put on the, like, go to the website and just, like, laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and that was perfect for an 11 year old in 1998. Holden, did you know about the hamster dance in 1998? I'm not sure that I did. I mean, are you talking about the website? Because I was obsessed website. with that more so in college, I think. Oh, it was just okay. a website. It was a website. something I didn't, I didn't get to till college, but I loved that. It's so funny how like paper thin it was, but it, how much of a part of our lives it was. Uh, which I guess is a metaphor for the, this year entirely. But. <laughs> shallow. Just absolutely Just so shallow, one-dimensional life. But, I mean, but at least that was a fun example of being incredibly one-dimensional and simple. It was just the perfect, weird... I think it really ushered in the, this whole era of like excitement around how weird the internet could be for us. Yes. And how like strange and... I mean, I don't even think we're thinking along these lines, but I mean, I think the introduction of something like hamster dance is, it's technically, you could almost technically call it a, like one of the first memes ever, right? Oh, yeah. Just in the sense of like, maybe Definitely. it's not like what we traditionally think of as a meme, but it's this like inside joke thing that is really quirky and weird that only people who know, know about. You know if you know, and you don't. And it's that. just weird. There's not necessarily anything to specifically derive from it either. It's just this weird cultural connector. Like, if you know about this, you know about this. Right. And that's what the uh, weird grim foreshadowing of what the Internet would truly become (laughs) in about a decade. Yeah. Yeah. And other grim foreshadowings of what man talk about, like a weirdly like growing up fast and having to learn a lot, though, of something that I'm, I'm realizing how much it shaped me was the murder of Phil Hartman in 1998. And that, oh my oh god, my god. Yes. that was ninety eight. Wow, that was Ugh. grim. Talk about that the was word such. Grim. I remember Ooh, having to have my mom explain to me what was happening, and I was like, "His wife, but yeah. if she didn't like him, why didn't she leave him?" I remember having this conversation. My mom yeah. was like, "This is like," and she sat down and really talked to me about it because Henry and I. Loved Phil yes. Hartman. Yeah, Same. I still that was don't the first celebrity death that really shook me. Yeah, I don't even know how you describe that to it. I don't. I don't. Still don't understand that. Why that had to happen the way it did. You know, it's just so truly un- mentally ill. And it is. I mean, I never watched. I believe that there's a doc on it, and it was one of those ones. It was. I couldn't 
bring myself to watch it. I was like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to look at her. It's so sad. It's too upsetting. Yeah, that was the first celebrity death where I remember I, I was in complete denial. I was like, this is impossible. He's Troy McClure. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> yeah. Like how, like how could this happen? And I was obsessed with SNL at the time too. Like, and I, I, I. Yeah, that and, and Chris that and Chris Farley was like the the two celebrity deaths that really really scared the yes. absolute shit out of me. I don't think there yes. were, I can't think of a single celebrity death that mattered to me before those two. No, of course. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, that was just a tough one for sure. Another thing, I don't think we mentioned that Seinfeld ends in 1998, which was such a big part of my personal uh, just day to day, week to week life. I mean, that was uh, that was. The way that I communicated with my parents, like my love language is kind of a sad one. We would just sit in silence and stare at a TV screen and like laugh together at jokes. At least, yes, I mean, at least I we mean, did spend some quality time together. Beginning of television. That was yeah. the love language, right? Yeah, it was. We would get together. I would come down. It was so funny. I would like. I would halt my upstairs TV schedule <laughs> to come downstairs and watch some television with my family, just to go back upstairs and continue <laughs> watching TV alone. Uh, but every Thursday. Must see TV, friends, Seinfeld, ER. And at this point, it's also in syndication, so I'm probably watching Seinfeld just like all week long, like that in The Simpsons. I would watch it at 6.30 in syndication, and then since I was in the Central Time Zone, it was 6.30, Seinfeld rerun, 7, friends, 8, Seinfeld. I think between 7.30 and 8, I would try to finish my homework, and then 8 at 8.30, and then 9 p.m. was ER. And that this was, 1998 was the glory days of ER. George Clooney, mm-hmm. Noel Wiley, Julian. Oh, yes. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Oh, I had my schedule, by the way. I don't know about y'all, but I would, I would uh, usually, I, a lot of times I would pull the Sunday newspaper and open it up and actually, like, in my head, Oh, Ghostbusters is playing on Wednesday at four o'clock. I'll probably be able to get home from school in time to actually watch that on HBO. <laughs> like, really I would sweet. like, I would like, I had my whole schedule down pat. Like, yeah. And yes, ER was a part of that. Oh like, God. all those, those lawyer or doctor shows that would pop up at 10 p.m. It was either that or primetime 2020, like, dumb news Dateline shows. Dateline right? 2020. That's still, yeah. I still have a guilty pleasure for Dateline and it's totally because that, my family watched Dateline every Friday night. What yeah. a weird Friday night ritual to just be like, let's watch this true crime magazine show. Yeah. And I just I loved it. It was great. But it was it, great. But I also was always convinced someone's going to murder me. And I was honestly watching too much TV. Like I'm going to try as a parent, I think, to, and I feel like it's hard because you get so exhausted, but to try to like instill a more active lifestyle in my child, even during these years, we're like, yeah, you kind of have this weird situation where there's but like- But I love television. We can, to, we can either go to the movie theater or we can go bowling. Choose one, and if you're sick of both of those things, you're fucked. <laughs> I guess <laughs> weed, I find weed from somebody, f- try to find a person. That's the other thing too, just the, the, the lengths we would go through to get weed and the amount of times we were like completely ripped off because there was no, we were high school kids just trying to get weed. I remember one time we spent like an exorbitant amount of money on like the smallest amount of weed that everybody like made fun of me and my friend for actually giving them money for it. Cause we were just like, or the things, yeah, that you would find in your weed bag when like, I remember one time I found some like pieces of mulch and then I was like, Oh man, there's mulch in here. And they like mixed in mulch. To like make it see because we were so young that I was like, man, I don't think we could smoke any of this. <laughs> and um, so we did gross. anyway. Of course, I mean, you yeah. figure it out. Um, I do want to talk about some of the throwbacks of some of these celebrity 
couples at the time period because it is such a snapshot in time. And I found this Vulture article talking about the biggest couples of 1998. And um, they don't have their names on it. So it's kind of fun to see Jackie. Can you remember their names? This is the time period when Cameron Diaz and Matt Dillon were dating. Uh-huh. Uh, Cameron Diaz, very big year for her. Big, when did the mask come out? Yeah, the mask was a, a little real before. sexual awakening big for me. Big year yeah. for her. This is the time period that I remember I hated Julia Roberts because she was dating Benjamin Bratt at the time period, and I loved Benjamin Bratt, and I was upset that she was dating him. This was also the time period that after 1995's Inventing the Abbots, that Joaquin Phoenix and Liv Tyler are dating. This is another big Liv Tyler year as well. Very and big the time Liv Tyler year. That we just thought that she was just like, but that's just, I mean... She's just the daughter. She's not talented. She went from musical vi- music video girl slash daughter of <laughs> Steven Tyler to like full-fledged actor, yeah. you know. And then Lord of the Rings is going to cement that as well yeah. pretty soon here. So And she's a very, and she's uh, yeah. very I mean, you know, there, you know, of course there's like Empire Records and stuff like that. But this is, That you as know, well, Empire Records. Big, yeah, big year huge. for her. And also speaking of Jennifer Love Hugh- Hewitt, she was dating Carson Daly at the oh, time. Big yes. year for Carson Daly. Yeah. 1998 relationship right? you could ever the biggest summon. year ever for Carson Daly. And I really do blame him for like making music, at least for a young Holden shitty. And uh, he really did. He was like, we're changing the whole network. It's no longer going to geared, be geared toward kids like Holden. It's going to be geared towards kids, <laughs> kids like, like Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids like us. <laughs> yep. Kids like us. But also, Holden, this must have been a big year for your sad penis because this is the year that Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman got married yes. in Vegas. Why would this make my penis sad? I mean, you I was Carmen Electra. slamming. I was, I'm surprised, you know, I'm trying to talk le- a little less about the things I used to jerk off to during these episodes, but yes, we have hit a, we <laughs> have hit a This is horny time. I mean, there, we get yeah, horny yeah. here. Well, it's funny, you guys are actually in the weirder, hornier throws right now, technically, in the age you're it at. It was a horny awakening. Horny awakening. I'm like settled into a full routine at this point. Like, I'm like... I know my my rhythms. I know my you know. I know when, how many times is too many times. You know, I've learned all these lessons by this point, and now it's just a part of my life. Um, I had I had a couple real quick as as I see. I know we're wrapping up. Uh, was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets the book, not yes. the film? Was that a big deal for you guys? It wasn't for me. It wasn't even on my radar. Not for me, but my friends were reading it. Okay, oh, weird. And were I... you reading it yet, Jackie? Or was yeah? I remember that. Um, I thought because I was at this point in time. Specifically, I now remember it was my 11th. I was 11 on Christmas, not on Christmas, but it was my 11th year Christmas that I got the first two books. And I was like, this is for babies. I don't li- I don't <laughs> read Harry Potter. I read Stephen King now because I was like we. Yeah, my mom was always time. big. Yeah, yeah, my mom was big into like you can read literally whatever you want to read. I, I, there's never any censorship yeah. on reading. So I was reading Stephen King. And so they got me the books. And I was like, all right. And then I started reading it. And I was like. Well, I was really big into practical magic this year, and so uh, a <laughs> part of me was starting to think that I wanted to become a witch. And I was like, "Well, I think that it means something that Harry Potter's eleven in this, and I'm also eleven, so I <laughs> guess I'll keep reading them." And then I burst through the two first two books in like a week and a half because I was like, "Oh, this is actually very entertaining," but I wouldn't allow anyone. To know that I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kept That's it so all inside. Uh, um, that is so funny. Yeah, yeah. So specifically, I remember getting it for Christmas, and because you know, I was just a shit at a shit age of being like, I don't want this. I this hate was also this. the 
the other thing I was going to ask you about was this was also a big year for Madonna and her mm. big resurgence with Ray of Light. Was that a little off y'all's radar because it was a little bit older kid stuff, fair, yeah. essentially? Because I just remember that that I wasn't into it, but it was definitely like, wow, Madonna like figured it out how to stay relevant yet again, which is kind of insane. I think it was the last time she was like super popular actually in modern like in the moment popular. I think it's the ray of light, I think was the final kind of thrust of her being. And then ever since I think she's been chasing that, that dragon and never quite capturing what she had. uh, I think at the the time I was still like Madonna's for like people in their twenties, you know, like I knew it was like us, like for for older people. It was, well, it was VH1, right? Yeah. That was the difference between MTV and VH1. Well, anyways, I I think that pretty much Jesse camp winning MTV's want to be a VJ river. Jesse. Oh my God. Yes. And were you guys, I think I was officially done with TGIF. I was at this point hanging out with friends on a Friday night or or something like it or watching like R-rated movies. Were y'all still TGIF kids, Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? 100%. Yes. Okay. I lived I and done, I died I was by out it. by this point. <laughs> but I, li- I lived and I died by it at up to a certain yeah, point oh, and yeah. I was finally This was my transition the- year out. I really feel like I de- I was a I was both a I was Jackie, but also my brother was like Holden, and I was like wanted to be like that. So I was like, I'm older, I'm subculture, but also I like popular things too. Of course, I think the older sibling is like a lot of why, and and my friend Pat, who was just really into music, was a lot of why I was like listening to stuff that even my like I was you know really into Pearl Jam and Rage Against the Machine and stuff that was maybe a little unless you have an older sibling like Henry was at the time who was not cool, so he couldn't show me anything and everything i'm just like oh you're such a loser you can't even (laughs) tell me what to listen to and what to watch (laughs) um all right i mean i think that that about covers it right anything else i get up again and we're all getting up again aren't we guys that's what 2021 guys we got it back (laughs) <laughs> we're back we're back in the present and you know i got a lot of fond feelings for things from that year not gonna say i have fond memories of that year but fond feelings for certain things but i do think that probably culturally at least things are better now yes, kind of i agree yeah you know yeah, yeah. we're working, well, Just at least working in, in terms yes. of the options you know between the- monica Lewinsky and uh uh fucking baby one more time i think we've made it to a, a better place at least for sexuality at yes least for sexuality. yes we've, we've got, learned got, something at least and music i think i think pop music's just definitely better it's gotten better but that yeah, was the sure beginning it had fine. to begin somewhere and i'm glad it had to start somewhere there. and yeah. thank you guys so much for joining us on this rewind <laughs> back to 1998 and um this was a lot of fun and really um I feel like I need to do this with my therapist. Just be like, all right, this year, let me go through these things. <laughs> and I would suggest too, this year? you know, do this with your friends. Like I, I, doing this with Jake it has been a completely different conversation. And it always t- just brings you back to that time in your life. Just talking about the shit that was in the news, the shit that was on movie sc- screens. You know, it all just teleports you to a certain time and place for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> We're all we like, love- yeah. <laughs> We're all pretty stressed out by this conversation. <laughs> Thank you guys Yo. so much for joining us. 
Yeah, check us out. If you want to support us further, patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. We have constant weekly bonus content popping out on that page. Just definitely give it a look. See uh, if you'd like to check me out further, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho, Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams. Uh, Got to get it in before I end up on that paternity leave, y'alls. Yeah. Uh, MJ? I'm MJ and I'm MJKLCat on Instagram. Hell yeah. And I'm Jackie Zabrowski. You can follow me on Instagram at jackthatworm and. Also, come check me out over my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash, oh, no, it's Jackie. And we're doing, we have a little bit of an LPN break this week, but we are around. Come find us. And um, next week, don't forget, I'm putting it into your ear holes right now, August 5th. We will be watching Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. I'm very upset about what happened in the first half of this book, and I am going to be very upset while I watch the movie, and you should come and hang out with Holden and Adlie I while we do this. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.